0: did you ever have an imaginary friend though
1: i didn't have like real ones okay so if we're going to talk about kids media fosters home for imaginary friends like i internalized those as my imaginary friends
0: oh the characters in the show you believed were your friends yeah okay that's uh, almost worse i would say (laughs) (laughs) no t no shade that's that's weird i like that Manic Pixie Jump Scare
1: Hosted by Quinn Murphy
0: and Becca Hobart. Hi. Hi. We're Quinn. We're Quinn. And, and we're, we're back.
1: <laughs> and welcome to Manic Pixie Jump Scare, a podcast where we talk openly about our shared
0: delusions, passions, and, and love, love for, for each, each other. other.
1: Oh my gosh, Becca, episode two.
0: We did it. They let us We're come here. Back. <laughs> they being <laughs> they, us.
1: They. We, we are the production arm behind this entire podcast. Um,
0: we are so strong and brave.
1: But yeah, um, the reviews are already coming in of the first podcast, uh, the first episode, I should say. So and heard. it's a smash, I gotta say. I gotta oh my say. my God, I, I can't say.
0: believe TMG is considering. <laughs> it's
1: crazy. <laughs> Guys, so Becca had a really good point today. We are going to be like the gay podcast on TMG one day. That's our first kind of foray into fame. It has to be. And I can't say the deeper plan that we have going on behind that. But just no. know something about me and Becca is we're always plotting. And yep. something about us as well is we're always plotting together. I want you all to know in the lore of, so Becca and I have our own individual lore. We have our relationships lore, which not to give away the theme of the episode, but we're getting into that today. Mm-hmm. And now there's the podcast lore. And so something that's interesting about Um, me and Becca, when we had our first creative meeting about this podcast mm, about a week ago, I'm going to pull the curtain (laughs) back. (laughs)
0: Around seven days ago. Yeah,
1: really. Um, Becca and I put in the like founding document, the constitution of Manic Picky Jump Scare on Google Drive, if you will. There will be no call your dad, call her daddying each other. Excuse me.
0: No, we can't. No, we can't. we can't. We can't call her daddy each other.
1: We can't and we won't. Um. And so yeah, and the fun thing about Becca is Becca and I are both in a pursuit to be famous. That's one of our end goals. Yeah. And we'll we'll kind of talk about that more as the podcast unravels and stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a gr- like having this podcast is a great way because first of all, people get famous off of podcasts. So like
0: that's- nowadays, yeah, yeah. In this day and age, in the- yeah, yeah, in these times, in yeah, these they times. do.
1: In these dark times, yeah, um, people get famous off podcasts. We're so having a podcast like together means that if one of us gets famous, we can like pull the other one up.
0: Yeah, by the bootstraps.
1: Yeah, and we can say <laughs> we can say like I. I- to like our managers our agents whoever
0: we have i have a podcast
1: i'm a podcaster
0: my creative partner and my that's my My wife partner
1: and my life partner as well um the person i choose to live my life with (laughs) um
0: platonic soulmates
1: yeah um so that's something really exciting about the podcast
0: yeah just had to tell you all our business plan but there's no way i don't see it not working out yeah no so that's good.
1: We have a fail-proof plan.
0: <laughs> I've lived a thousand universes where we start this podcast, and in every single one, it works out. So, yeah, kind of exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what are we? What are we catching up about today, Becca?
0: Today, we're going to catch up about the media we've been consuming over the yeah. past few weeks. Because um, the question we will I- ask
1: a lot on this podcast is. What hobbies do you have outside of media <laughs>
0: consumption? <laughs> yeah. Most of our conversations are like, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? And Quinn, I know you're itching to talk about what mm-hmm. you've most recently seen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So why don't you go?
1: Well, Beck and I Beck and I, have both had a little bit of an obsession with the Netflix series Heartstopper. But don't. Um, <laughs> <put-donk>. um, <laughs> bum bum like SVU (laughs) yeah Um,
0: exactly and I
1: I found it um what am I thinking of I haven't been able to like get it out of my head since I haven't been affected by a piece of media like this in a while so I kind of heard about it if you don't know Heartstopper it's a um it's a show on Netflix it's literally like the biggest show on Netflix like it feels like every show they release on Netflix breaks records but also Netflix doesn't ever release anything about like how their shows do um and so they're always like oh my god this show broke records and it's like well every show breaks records it seems except for the ones you aren't invested in anyway (laughs) um a skepticism of corporations is something you will find on this podcast as well
0: um every single day but
1: i i just haven't been able to get it out of my mind really so it follows um this relationship between these two boys who go to an all-boys school in the UK. Um, one of them is gay. One of them is straight. They're basically in, like, homeroom together, but they don't call it homeroom because they're British. Um, and so they sat next to each other in homeroom, right? Um, uh, first form or whatever. <laughs> and they... Oh. Um, one of them's gay. One of them is, like, straight. Or at least we're red- led to believe there's Nick or... Nick is the straight one, but like there's is his name. No, the actor's name is Joe. Well, I don't remember the kid. What? What's the main guy's name? Charlie. Charlie. Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Charlie is the main character, and he's like kind of the nerdy, like gay kid. Um, and then Nick Nelson is like <laughs> the rugby. He's like the star rugby player, like most popular boy in school. Like very much that kind of energy. And so and here's a year.
0: A year older, right? He is a year
1: older, yeah. He's okay, in a yeah, year yeah. above Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah. But they form a friendship. And there will be there will be spoilers ahead. But it's been out for a yeah. while now. And so...
0: It's on what's you your if posi- you haven't... What's your position
1: on spoilers, <laughs> Becca? Because I honestly feel like if it's out...
0: You, you better cannot, watch it.
1: You cannot responsibly place the onus on another person not to spoil something for you.
0: No, yeah. I feel like unless like it's you're tricking me and you're like this won't have spoilers and then you say something that is you know gonna ruin a spoiler. it yeah then that's the only time where I'm it bothers me but no
1: also something about They're me I have such a little pea brain I'll mm-hmm. forget <laughs> if you tell me a spoiler there's no way I'm remembering like if it's something I care about <laughs> yeah yeah like it's it's annoying because um As someone who like looks at stuff on the internet, like something about me, I love my Google cards. Like when I open like the Google Chrome app on my phone, I love going through what stories the algorithm has recommended me. And so like, I don't even
0: know what are Google cards?
1: They're like little like cards on it was in Google Chrome or like the Google app itself, where they'll just recommend you stuff based on what you like look up
0: like sh- recommend you shows
1: no like articles like websites oh. like all this different stuff mm. and so like okay. anything you look up it's like suggesting me websites like oh you should look at this oh you should look at this and I love them they are oh. like it's black beer it's scary a little bit but like it gives me something because I try not to be it's another form of social media for me truly like it's something I can scroll and it's made for me and it's mm. lovely honestly yeah. but something I'm a big another piece of quinn lore i'm a huge survivor fan i'm a huge fan of the show survivor um and like multiple times this season and last season it is spoiled for me who has like been eliminated because like entertainment weekly has like weekly um interviews with the people who are like uh like voted off and they can't speak to like media until they get voted off basically
0: okay that's annoying
1: yeah. And so like stuff like that happens where it's like a little bit more annoying, but like honestly for stuff I'm never watching, like I forget somebody was like, "Can do you mind with spoilers? And it was like a show I had no intention to watch ever. And so I'm like,
0: I oh, care. I love that. I love when so- I, I love- don't want to watch something and it gets completely summarized for me. <laughs> and someone explains it for me. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So we're going to spoil Heart Suppers, that whole and that's our policy on spoilers that we're establishing in episode two. Yeah. going <laughs> um, forward. So Spoilers Policy is an episode two for all you future um, MPJ historians um, out
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark that Um, down. Write that down. And
1: so, yeah, I think one of the reasons Heartstopper was kind of stuck with me is because I find it very uncanny how it really mirrored my own high school experience. Mm -hmm. As I talked about in the last episode, I had to wear like that dress code to school. We didn't all wear the same ones. Um, and uniform culture in the UK is like much bigger. Where like I feel like we're starting to get it in the states a little bit more. Not to like the extent they have over in the UK, but like, but like my my school uniform was basically hard stopper. Only it wasn't like as coordinated. Mm. Like there was like a little bit more freedom. Um, but like even down to the clothing, like it was weird. Like I. I had a super close relationship because like obviously Nick and Charlie kind of start as close friends and then their relationship buds into something a little bit more. And that Mm -hmm. was very much the story of my first romantic relationship. Um, It kind of bud out of like a really close friendship I had. Um, Mm -hmm. And so mine was, I'll say, I got to say a little bit more dramatically interesting than Heartstoppers, if I can say. <laughs> um, Be brave. The, there Speak were more. There were more. There were more beats in my story. I'll say. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There okay. were like
1: rejections, and there were uh, there was a bunch of stuff before we finally got to like you know mm-hmm. the moment at the party where Nick and Charlie are kissing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um. So I think that's truly why it was like stuck in my head. Um. And so yeah, Becca, would you? What What are you? What are your high level thoughts on?
0: Well. This I'm so interested that it was originally a graphic novel, I believe. Which is like I just love that. I don't know. And that's where the leaves come from, I presume. Like, yeah, there's they like it, the yeah, the if image. I haven't of, seen
1: like, the show. It's like very graphic.
0: Yeah. There's like cartoon leaves that show like mm-hmm. the emotion of love. And it's so cute. And at first I was like, so who is that? That was weird. <laughs> yeah. So that was weird. But um Yeah, I think that's, I love adaptations, basically. Also, Mm -hmm. Nick Nelson, and this is a spoiler, Mm -hmm. has, is a close second in my bisexual ranking because I do, and I don't purposely do this, but I do find myself having a list of bisexuals that I, like a power ranking of them that Mm -hmm. I love slash want to be and I did really find myself by the end of the show having a lot of envy for Nick Nelson Uh huh. like not necessarily I don't know I just wanted to be him a little bit and he is a fictional he is a fictional little boy and I do (laughs) recognize that but Uh I can't stop myself from feeling what I feel so I I appreciate you allowing me to speak my truth on the matter Mm -hmm. as well because that does mean a lot to me
1: and I think that's another I think that's another really powerful thing about the series and why it's resonating with so many people is because it has like with the um like Nick's storyline in particular it's very much he realizes that like he has a particular idea of himself like as like a jock and as like um like this kind of like you know boy next door kind of figure and mm-hmm. that figure is not gay is not queer at all like usually um and so he has like this, like, of course, something that everybody has when they realize that they're queer, have like queer fascinations and stuff like that. Or I shouldn't say everybody, but most people um, yeah. is like a panic moment. where they're Like, oh, look, um, it's yeah. really in the show. There's something they make it so sad with how they do it. But he does the am I gay quiz, which like every person has taken that. <laughs>
0: yeah Uh, yeah, and it's like so and he gets like
1: 62% gay or something and he's like crying and I'm like this is so like there's it's it was so sad but it's simultaneously so funny because it's like am I gay quiz like it's like (laughs) it's so funny that like we all went through a stage in our lives where we were like especially as people who grew up with like access to the internet and stuff where we were like a quiz on the internet can tell me my sexuality
0: this will deduce it can define it for me Yeah. yeah
1: And also, I have to say, I was on the Orla Gartland wave far before um, the rest of the world. Now people are just figuring out about her with Artstopper, Baby, baby, I've been streaming her for years. Why am I like this? Why am I like this? I had access to that song my first year of college, which was detrimental to my mental health. But whoa, yeah, so...
0: Oh my god! Which not why even am a I pioneer. like pioneer?
1: This... Yeah, I am. I am a pioneer. Um, but go listen to Orla Garland. She's great. She's an Irish girl, and her song "Why Am I Like This" play is like behind as he has like his first queer panic. Um yeah. But it's cool because he realizes that like he isn't like, which I feel like they don't like. I feel like they don't. This was one of the things that like I feel like his attraction to women wasn't like super explicit in the show, um, mm-hmm. which like I get because it was like a romance, so like they didn't want him having like another like another love it, they didn't want it to be like a love triangle kind of thing but yeah. it was kind of weird because he just had like a thing for kira knightley and pirates of the caribbean and so he's like i'm bisexual yeah um. i
0: mean <laughs> she'll do it for you but i mean they he does like mention when they were younger and he kissed that other girl that he like loved her yeah. in that moment like he mm-hmm. knew that that kid and then she was like well that's when I realized I was a lesbian Lesbian, and he was gosh. like okay okay that's, that must be a crazy
1: <laughs> thing to hear that must be a crazy, <laughs> really crazy thing to hear
0: um
1: yeah. Uh, and yeah I yeah and so but like showing him like realize that he doesn't have to be like you know binary gay and also mm-hmm. having like there wasn't any like they didn't really do like the typical kind of like bi erasure either
0: like mm-hmm.
1: i feel like or in the characters at least like there wasn't anybody being like oh do bisexuals even exist because it's like yeah how many times have we heard that but it's like people being like you know it was nice because it wasn't even like even though okay i hated the character tau um yeah. I found him so annoying
0: so annoying the only time oh I God. liked him was when
1: he was telling off the the um, Harry. The I other never draft. liked it.
0: He was so annoying. He was
1: so annoying, putting himself in his friend's business. I'm like, mind your own business, literally. Especially as a straight person, I don't care if you have a crush on a doll. Let's say yeah. it. Let's let's speak it because <laughs> he has a tr- he has a cr- he clearly has like a thing for um, the trans girl on the show, um, mm-hmm. L. And so, like, that doesn't make you like, okay, you can be trans amorous and not be annoying. Like, that's yeah. a fine thing yeah. to be. Um, and Literally. so, but I found him so annoying, but I also really liked thinking about it now how his skepticism of Nick was ultimately about his, not, him not wanting his friend Charlie to be hurt versus him being like, oh, well he's not actually bisexual. Bisexuality doesn't exist like that kind of thing. Because I could have seen like, if this was made, like if this show was made like five, 10 years ago, I could see him being like, why "Are people even bisexual, like why is he being bisexual? Like, can't he just be gay for you and stuff like that versus yeah. now where he's like, I don't want this person to hurt you.
0: Yeah. They definitely would have pulled that a few years ago. Yeah. Very Good much. thing. We didn't let them. Hmm. yeah and I
1: think I think that's another I think that's another big thing about the show is it's like it feels like good kind of quality representation of a lot of different types of queer people yeah because like obviously it centers around like white like a white (laughs) man like (laughs) gay man relationship we'll say Um, yeah but um It's really nice because, like, the model relationship in the show is, like, an interracial kind of lesbian couple, Mm -hmm. which is nice. And it's also, they have a nuanced relationship because they're also kind of, even though they're, like, already in, like, an established relationship, we see them go through a thing of, like, being a little bit more covert about things versus, like, coming out and being, like, oh, we're in a relationship. And they also go to an all-girls school, so it's complicated by that. But their relationship is still seen by, like, Charlie and Nick as, like, oh, that's what we can be. Yeah. And like, isn't that cool? And then there's Mm -hmm. also like some cool stuff about like, you know, somebody who doesn't necessarily identify as queer in Tao being interested in like Elle, who is a trans woman. And so like, there's obviously like in representations of trans people in media, there's always like a weird thing about like, am I really straight if I like trans women or stuff like that? And so, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, people who are for some reason tied to straightness as a label
0: very interesting yeah no i also like that all the actors are like actually high schoolers Mm -hmm. like that is so yeah like they're very like they're
1: 18 yeah hard to do things like labor laws and stuff like that but they are really close to the ages they play and it's really nice because this is it's nice because not in like a sex negative way at all um because I find myself to be like a kind of sex positive person but and a lot of people in queer communities are sex negative and we need to talk about that but Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the fact that the show wasn't like so overtly sexual there are very like overtly sexual parts of queer culture Mm -hmm. um but this doesn't necessarily have to be that and I think it's nice that like you know a 10 year old can watch the show and like there's nothing like super scandalizing like they kiss and like the kissing scenes are like passionate and like they make you feel something but it's not like they're like like not like that which is like nice and like yeah it's like they're in high school so like it's not like euphoria <laughs> it's not like the kids at euphoria high who are like Hooking up between math and True
0: true okay but When we get to the episode Where we talk about our high school experiences My high school experience is eerily Similar to euphoria And that's a whole thing Maybe that's just me but yeah Yeah Yeah, no and
1: also I I think so It's hard because Another thing that I thought about I want to Get your take on as like a creative person Who like wants to make things about like the Mm -hmm. queer Experience and stuff like that is it sucks that I have this mindset as somebody who like wants to create art like this. When I watched the show and when it kind of mirrored my experience a lot and stuff I've written, I kind of felt almost like, oh man, somebody beat me to it a little bit because I feel like there's almost this like scarcity mindset that like, because something like Heartstopper exists that something else like it can't like exist in the future
0: if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know. We're, okay, so I also sometimes feel that and I try. I think that's, there's like, the amount of straight people stories we've heard that are just exactly the same. Like, if anything, every queer story that's told is gonna have way more like nuance and like something, something interesting to say more than like another straight, like another, like straight rom com or whatever. You know? Yeah. Chances are. And that Just, was, like, probability-wise.
1: And, like, I had, like, that monkey brain thought of, like,
0: uh, down this
1: means I can't make something like this. And I'm, like, well, why can't I? There's so yeah. many, like, straight... There are so many, like, straight movies that are, like, the same thing over and over again. Like, recycled. But it sucks Literally. that, like, as, like, artists who want to make stuff like that, that we feel like we even have to, like, think like that. Like, yeah. that there is, like, the scarcity mindset that, like, there can only be one Heartstopper. Yeah. There can only be, you know. But, yeah. I'm glad that it exists. And I'm really glad that um, I got to watch it. And I'm really excited to do a rewatch. Um, and, yeah. I had, like, another thing I was thinking of. But, yeah. I know, you know that. Me? It just got I renewed was... for two more seasons. So, I'm very excited. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it, though. And I was like, what other male bisexual representation is there Mm -hmm. and literally the first thing that came to mind other than nick nelson is um jay from big mouth
1: Mm -hmm.
0: also a netflix production yeah so i would like to take a brief moment to thank (laughs) netflix with their tanking sales Literally still making stories about just let go of like males
1: (laughs) also also fully has like so like transphobic stuff on the it's like yeah Netflix is very interesting because like I don't know how somebody like the people I listen to because like on the internet are like because Netflix just also sent out a memo being like if you don't like the content we're producing like you can kind of like shove off or find somewhere else to work and it was mostly about like Dave Chappelle Mm. um and uh it is really interesting because like i feel like the the narrative is that like netflix is like how can netflix like, allow to put something like this on their platform but also on the same platform that like the closer is on which is dave Chappelle's comedy special in which he says i'm team turf or transclusionary radical feminist <laughs> um uh, there's also Heartstopper which is like this amazing like thing and so yeah. I, don't, I don't quite know what I think about all that yet but it's it's like an interesting thing that I feel like people don't talk about with like the conversation and stuff
0: yeah the duality of Netflix yeah um, mm. I also thought it
1: was interesting a lot of people I thought this was interesting where some people feel that there wasn't like enough pain in Heartstopper like I, I saw that and then I also saw that some people were like struggling to watch the series because it was so like divorced from their reality that it made them feel like even worse about like their high school experience because like okay <laughs> okay <laughs> because like okay. Th- there are like it's tough because um, obviously like queer people it's been talked about like in you know st- <laughs> multiple things <laughs> that queer people have like a different sense of time and that like often queer people kind of experience like a delayed adolescence almost because yeah. they don't get to experience adolescence in the same way as like their heterosexual counterparts mm-hmm. and so some people are, like I saw to talk that was like I can't watch Heartstoppers because like it gives me like it's like painful for me as somebody who didn't get to have that experience and so I was wondering obviously I've talked about how I had that kind of experience and I am lucky in that like I felt like I had, like, a relatively normal adolescence. Um, yeah. And so I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that.
0: So that's interesting. Um, so I may be realizing things live on the pod. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so, I no, I, I mean, I didn't find it painful to watch at all. But mm-hmm. I definitely, I think it's not even, like, in conjunction with my queerness, but, like, just never having ever been in a a relationship like Mm -hmm. even a straight one or a straight appearing one Mm -hmm. um I mean it it's if I was like if I was gonna be hurt by that every single I would be like crying every day you know like I it's just unavoidable that like romantic love exists and I Mm -hmm. like have not experienced it yet but I'm not I'm like past a place of that being like I can't watch it or anything like Mm -hmm. no I can recognize that like first of all it was great like great um what do I want to say it was such a nice like creative project so Mm. I watched it like as someone who is like admiring the work that was done and also being able to like still enjoy the story there without like yeah but um, that's interesting about the delayed adolescence. And maybe yeah. I'll journal about that later in the AM.
1: Yeah. I thought it was interesting as somebody who like had the experience to be like, oh, that's something that people are like encountering this with. Yeah. And also on like the pain note, I feel like I feel like there were like a lot of painful moments of the show and like
0: yeah wait like first literally, of all like oh my god they get like, like beaten up multiple times <laughs> yeah
1: like literally <laughs> like that's not gets, enough they get like charlie gets called like a slur behind his back okay like, yeah think that's fine and like he also good. like like there was something so sad about every time charlie would say like i'm sorry like after yeah. they called like i am ever and as somebody like as somebody who feels has like felt at so many times during my life that I've had to like apologize for my existence, um, like I like, related so viscerally to that, <laughs> um, and like that's a that's like a painful thing. And so yeah. like I like the fact that people like I'm like, what would you want them to do die at the end? Like
0: that, uh, seriously. Like
1: and it's it's so it's it's like such a trope that like like queer stories don't have to end in like pain anymore. Um, yeah. and it's like a weird thing especially as somebody who like has done a lot of research on like the AIDS crisis and specifically like the media that came out of like the U.S. HIV and AIDS crisis like I think we have enough stories about like queer pain and we'll continue to tell them because it's like an important thing but Mm. not all of them have to like focus on our pain yeah Um,
0: especially about like the youth and like you know mm. It's good to generate hope. these 16 year
1: olds are not <laughs> suffering enough for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need them to be a little more miserable. Maybe imagine
1: going on Al Gore's internet and like, <laughs> typing that out,
0: <laughs> not Al Gore's internet. Oh, <laughs> anyway, God. yeah,
1: but yeah, we love hard suppers, we're excited very much. Um, so, Becca, do you have any other media you've been consuming that you're really itching to talk about?
0: Well, Quinn, thank you so much for asking. So I did um, mention last podcast that I did watch a lot of Disney movies again. And I did want to quickly bring up that um, I remember watching Smart House oh. on Disney Channel as it came out. Not came out because it came out probably in the 90s, but yeah, when I was young. And mm. I remember being like, this is the most advanced movies we'll ever get. This is crazy mm-hmm. technology <laughs> that I'm witnessing <laughs> in front of my eyes uh so re-watching it guys I was scared because it is truly terrifying first of all the plot is is it's horrifying yeah their house comes to life as a woman and then attacks them and also the the movie magic CGI I mean no hate to you know the makers of this movie I know you're probably watching the podcast right now I do want to say I respect what you did at the time but now looking back it is it, it's really bad yeah. and it was hard to watch but I did enjoy my watch either way because I had a great cast that one dad mm-hmm. who's like hot and he's in everything in the 90s I don't know his name but yeah um I also wanted to bring up
1: wait on way? smart house oh yeah yeah not a movie you can watch high first of all
0: no too scary
1: yeah, like you'd get freaked out. Yeah. You'd get spooked. Um, And then, <laughs> what was I thinking about Smart House? No, it was one of those movies that I like remember. <gasps> Do you know what movie really disturbed me as a child? That was like a DCOM. D- I actually don't know if it was DCOM or if it was something else, but it was called Don't Look Under the Bed.
0: Oh my God, And wait. it was about
1: Boogeyman. And like how- I don't a-
0: think that was Disney.
1: But they played it on Disney. Okay. Um, and it was about- Like bookie people I guess I should say and about how when you're when you have imaginary friends that they're real and when you stop believing in them they become bookie men that live under your bed
0: did you ever have an imaginary friend though
1: I didn't have like real ones okay so if we're going to talk about kids media fosters home for imaginary friends like I internalized those as my imaginary friends
0: Oh, the characters in the show you believed were your friends. Yeah. Okay, that's a- almost worse. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> no tino shade. That's that's weird. I like that. That's cool. If my kid was like, well, you know, in this type. I was like a poser program, when I
1: was younger. Like I was like, I told people too that like they were my friends. Like I would like. I remember I drew a picture of like Coco the like kind of bird one with like the oh palm my- tree head
0: oh my god and I was like, this is
1: this is my imaginary friend coco
0: <laughs> wow that's that's honestly so crazy <laughs> okay I just like don't really much like okay and I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna say this much like when people talk about getting amnesia when people talk about imaginary friends I don't really believe them mm. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe amnesia happens and I don't really believe kids have imaginary friends. Mm. Like I've never met anyone who truly, truly believed that they had a little friend who was just like, you know, there.
1: Yeah, I I didn't, I don't know if, if, I don't think imaginary friends necessarily necessitate Mm-hmm. Um, needing to like actually believe that they exist, but I never believed that like they actually existed.
0: Okay, because I I feel like that is what makes it an imaginary friend because like hmm. you can play by yourself and like imagine you know you're like playing pirates. Very much whatever. me. Very much. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. It's that's what th- theater makers do, <laughs> but that's literally our actor's job. But the amount
1: of time I spent my youth just walking around and like playing by myself, like pretending it's spooky
0: (laughs) no but like i can so in my in my you know the grown-up version of this where you pretend you're on a late night talk show yeah like i can Mm -hmm. i can imagine jimmy kimmel sitting across from me he's not an imaginary friend because i know he's not real Mm -hmm. i think what the imaginary friend thing is is like you truly believe they're real and i've met people who are haunted and they don't have they don't do that but that's another episode
1: wait who don't do the talk show thing do you mean
0: like they don't they've never had an imaginary friend or Um, you know they don't or they don't do the talk show thing but they are haunted but that's you know um yes but it's kind of
1: like believing in santa in a way
0: a little bit a little bit
1: i was i was a santa believer
0: for a very long time i honestly can tell you i don't ever remember believing in him
1: Something about me is I want to believe so badly. I'm, <laughs> I'm constant. It's my leap or moon. I'm mm-hmm. constantly caught between like a, I have a very much, it might, it might also be like the two-faced of Gemini, but I have a very like spiritual, like want to believe side of myself. And then I have mm-hmm. a completely logical, like there's yeah. no way that exists side of myself.
0: Yeah. I and like when it came to well. Santa,
1: my spiritual side was like, fighting True. fighting <laughs> yeah like my logical side but yeah i have been also back in my bookworm era yes and i'll get into this a little bit more later in the pod but i read what i think is my favorite piece of fiction i've read in my adult life
0: oh my gosh
1: um this book i don't know if you i don't know i'll give it a plug on the pod it's called love hate and clickbait slay um and i bought it from my local bookstore brag um from like just on like a whim because like it's another book about like queer people it's it's actually really funny it's like a political satire it's queer people and so it was like right up my alley um it's about this presidential campaign that's not even a campaign yet they're like there's a governor who's gonna run for um office but she's not like it's like the pre-campaign basically so they're like making fun of like the campaign cycle already and so she she makes like a homophobic gaffe and um, then these two staffers in her um, office get photographed and it makes them look like they're kissing which they weren't they were actually in a very heated like argument moment Um, and so then once those photos go public they decide to like run with it for the campaign and so they have to pretend like they're dating despite the fact that one of them has only dated women (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> and so it, they have like this whole fake relationship and then not to spoil but throughout the course of the book it hey the the lines are blurred but it's it was yeah. like i i was transported because i started it one night i read like the first 80 pages or whatever and then i was like oh this is good i'll stick with it and then the next day i started reading i just didn't stop until i was finished like it was like Ooh. i read it's like a 300 and like 25 page book i think and so like i read like the rest of it like all in one day God. because i was so like like i don't remember the last time i literally just like it's probably cuz i just graduated college too but like i don't remember the last time i had like had the space to like sit and just like read read and just get lost in a in a little tale that was being we- weaved weaved
0: weaved right before my eyes. yeah um, Wow.
1: yeah Is that something other
0: the last time that i like needed to finish a book right Mm -hmm. on the spot was i was reading divergent between the pssa's which is pennsylvania standardized testing in eighth grade Um, i had just read the kissing scene and i was like oh my god i need these two people to fuck right now and i need to read about it
1: eighth grade when was divergent like a thing
0: so the movie came out in eighth grade. I watched it after, Where? well, so my eighth grade. So you were in seventh grade. Oh, uh, okay. As you may remember.
1: Yeah. Becca, yeah, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> Becca was a year ahead of me in school.
0: Yeah, this is true. But we graduated
1: oh. at the same time. At the same time.
0: Yeah. And College. I graduated on time. Quinn graduated <laughs> early. I graduated on time. Let me <laughs> clarify that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no shame. To people who take a little bit more yeah, than yeah. four years to graduate. Yeah. In oh, fact, it's most time. people. That's what they don't tell you. Um, yeah, yeah. so true um college is fucking hard let's say it it's so hard (laughs) I'm gonna say something that not a lot of people have said um speak on it Um, yeah I remember I saw Divergent with my grandmother randomly
0: oh okay did she enjoy it
1: I think so I remember it but I don't know I don't know did you read the other two books
0: I did but I don't really remember them as much
1: I for whatever reason I read Divergent and like obviously it's like in the whole like YA dystopian future That was, Mm -hmm. like, so... Now, like, any novel about, like, a dystopian future, I could not possibly be interested.
0: Like, I feel like
1: our whole, like, adolescence was so saturated with those tales that, like, nobody can do anything that interests me anymore. Yeah. But anyway, Divergent, I remember being, like, really into it, even though it was kind of similar to Hunger Games, ultimately. But then I tried to read, like, the second book. Never got into it.
0: (laughs) I... know they... Okay, Hunger Games Catching Fire, the film, mm. crazy.
1: One of the best movies.
0: But that, yeah, all the other dystopian series just went down.
1: And Hunger Games, game. and Hunger Games, I will say, I read it over winter break, my first year of college, they hold up. And Ooh. that was, like, still when Trump was president. And so, like, reading them during the Trump era was, like, dark scary. Times. It was dark. Yeah. But Suzanne Collins really, like, did the thing with those. Like, she... Wow. She really reread them. no, they're good. They're good reread as an adult. Like it's it's kind of crazy what she did, and the fact that I was reading that in fifth grade, like so much of it went over my head.
0: I often think about how I read the entire Twilight series between third and fourth grade. There is no way I don't have like irreversible brain damage from that.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, that's something crazy. This is another podcast. This is another episode we're going to do, but we're going to do a whole like episode on formative media because, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I truly think something people aren't talking about is like, I like, I ultimately like how my parents like parented me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: However, sometimes I think that like I should have, like, my media digest when I was a child should have been monitored a little bit more.
0: Oh. Oh yeah, I know that about myself.
1: The fact that I was up on what was going on at Degrassi High at like 11, 12 years old, that couldn't have been good for me. Mm
0: mm mm
1: mm mm mm. Or like reading, like reading, like dystopian, authoritarian, like
0: okay, world but kinda... in which
1: they kill the children. Like
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I
1: was in fifth grade, like that couldn't have been great for me either.
0: Oh God
1: but I also felt like so far away from the world in which we lived in
0: at the time.
1: Yeah. At the time. It's <laughs> like, it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, um, so we're going to throw to a break real quick and then we're going to get to the main topic of today's episode. Oh my God. <laughs> <Or> my <goals. laughs> <gasps> Guys, I'm scared.
0: Okay, welcome back from our short little sexy break. That was so good. So, um, as builders of this lore that Uh these viewers, you know, are going to be so invested in for the rest of their lives, um, it's really important to know how Quinn and Becca became Becca and Quinn. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Thank
0: you so much. Um, So... This is the story of us. So famously, Quinn, you might remember that we did meet uh-huh. during college. Yes. I was a sophomore and you were just a little freshman. Yeah. And we met, do you want to say it together in directing, directing one. one? Which was a class um, at the University of Pittsburgh for theater yeah. majors.
1: Mm-hmm. Or and or, or non-majors.
0: Or anyone, actually. <laughs> Anyone who would take an intro to performance. Yeah, yeah, could learn how to be a director. Um and the class was really enjoyable, actually. But parts of it. (laughs) We sat kind of far from everyone else. Yeah, it was well, there were like two sections
1: almost. There were so we were in the Henry Heyman Theater at the University of Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. it's a thrust stage. And for those of you not in the know, um,
0: a thrust
1: right. stage is like your typical stage, but um, there's seating on three sides. So it's not like your typical stage. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I said that, but um, <laughs> there's seatings on three sides. So like, yeah. Um, so there's kind of like a little like almost like a staple if you pull the legs out. Like, it's like that, but around the stage. Um, I don't know why that's the metaphor I picked. That
0: was crazy. Yeah, what a It's truly a
1: crazy thing I reached <laughs> for. Um, and press. so, yeah. If you're having trouble visualizing, just look a thrust stage. Um, you yeah. can go right now, pause the episode, and then just come back right away. Um, <laughs> Google that. Google that. Take a hall pass. Um, and then, um, so, but in the middle section, um, we would sit, like, when we came into class, people would sit, like, on one side or, like, the other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there were very few people in the middle, but usually we would just end up sitting in a floor, sitting in, like, a circle around, like, the floor.
0: Which is criminal.
1: Because our professor which- was very much, like, Cindy, who we love.
0: Yeah, we love. But don't mm-hmm. make us sit on the floor. That's crazy. And I feel
1: like we are united in our stance against floor sitting.
0: Yeah, it's bad.
1: Something that I need is back support.
0: Always. And something that I
1: interestingly don't have in my current setup for this podcast, back support. Back support.
0: I know. Because if uh, I lean all the way back, this is me now. I'm so comfy, but you can't see me. can't see
1: me. My my chair that has back support was a little too squeaky. So I didn't want to put that on you guys. Um, no, I don't want to risk it. And so, yeah. Um, Becca, what made you take directing one? I thought that was like an interesting question as I was thinking is- back.
0: Interesting. So I don't super remember my motivation. I think I just like, I, I like tried acting and I was like, I guess I should also learn like a little bit about the process of directing. If I want to like work with directors as an actor. And then actually it turned out to be like one of the main things I did um, at the rest of college. Yeah. I guess sort of after this class, which was again, Fun sometimes, and also not fun.
1: A lot. It was time. mostly fun. It was mostly fun. I don't yeah. want anybody to think we like regret taking the class. No, not at all.
0: No, 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 no. It was. It was good. And mm-hmm. um Quinn, why did you take it? Freshman year is kind of a big. That's a big class for freshman year.
1: Yeah i I was a little advanced coming into college, like mm-hmm. in terms of like theater and stuff. And I didn't quite know like the whole like track and stuff, so you had to take so our like basic performance class at um in pitts theater arts department was intro to performance and so everybody had to take that like every it was required for every theater major not just the ones who like wanted to do performance um and you had to take that class before you took any of the upper level classes but i didn't take um Intro to Performance, my first semester, and so then I couldn't take any of the upper level performance classes my second semester, and so then I was like, hmm. And I like I did so like I did so much theater throughout my life before college, and so I was like, do I really need an intro class? And so there was a system by which you could like test out. So I basically auditioned for like the head of performance, mm-hmm. um, and um, he let me just pat like pass over Intro to Performance, so I never ended up taking that class. Um, but, and so then I took both, I was encouraged by upperclassmen to take directing because directing was something I already, I had already had experience in my high school theater had a very like robust, um, theater program and my, um, director, he was like, he came in my first year of high school. And so we kind of like started school together, which was kind of nice but by my junior year and in my senior year, there was like a robust student like run theater company going. And so there was a musical my junior year that I was a part of that was completely student produced. Um, And then I got to direct a play, like a full length play my senior year of high school. Um, And so I already had like a lot of like directing or experience and I had also like assistant directed um, throughout high school as well um, and so I just wanted to get some more kind of like technical background in that yeah. kind of stuff because it is something I'm interested in um, and so yeah that's Good. why I took it
0: yeah and I feel like so we did sort of bond there because of j- just literally where we sat um, yeah and then we started sort of I don't know like I would Do you hear you have your- like
1: a do you have like a specific
0: memory? So I well, I do remember, um, during like, I don't even know, circle time, I guess you told a story about like you broke, uh, I don't even know a blender or something. Mm -hmm. And you said as a Sagittarius, that was well within my rights of like being chaotic. And I was like, oh, I love Sagittarius people. (laughs) And then I just feel like I like heard your British accent like every once in a while and like would also chime in. Um, But I feel like that's just like sitting near you was really just what sort of sprouted my interest in you.
1: Yeah, I did on the Blender story. My family got a magic bullet for Christmas and over winter break, like we maybe had it for a week before I broke it because I was trying to make a smoothie but yeah. then I didn't put like there's like a cap part that I didn't put on, and so I just poured the smoothie into like the electric part,
0: oh my God. um, and so, <laughs> so bad. Um,
1: yeah, I like basically broke my family's Magic Bullet like right after we got it, and I didn't tell anybody about it really. It just kind of broke, and I was just like, Ooh. put that um, back. Who did <laughs> who did that? Um, what the dog doing? What um, the dog doing? I remember specifically there was one time where I was singing. So, like, my first year of college has a very specific soundtrack. I was getting into, like, I was really embracing my status as, like, a fan of pop music. Mm. And so I was getting into, like, the more, I was getting into very much the music I listen to now, which is, like, Carly Rae Jepsen, Charlie XCX, you know, all the girls, basically. Yes. And I remember I was, I started singing a couple bars of the Charlie XCX song, Porsche off of her critically acclaimed mixtape Pop Two. Yeah, and Becca looked at me and she goes, "Of course you like that song."
0: <laughs> no, but like not in a
1: no, not in a. I didn't represent it very well, but like in a very celebratory way. Like, oh, of course you like that song. Like, okay, uh, like good. very much. Like, like very Cause... much. Not like dismissive at all. Okay, but yeah, and I like. I was like, oh like i knew becca was cool because like becca i'm gonna say i feel again comparison is the thief of joy i will keep saying that to myself but like when i think about the differences between us i feel you have like a coolness about you that i do not possess
0: i always feel that's so interesting or maybe we possess in different
1: ways but i just i just think of you as like the coolest person i know
0: wow oh my god well thank you so much but sorry to all the other cool
1: people I know um
0: (laughs) nice try everyone else (laughs) nice try. that was awesome but no you were
1: just like because I something about me I'm the annoying person who like sits in the front of a class and so I would I would like sit in like the front row but also had the most leg room and I'm I'm Mm. a lengthy girl and so Mm -hmm. um it was nice for that reason but Becca would sit like second third row like nonchalant chill you had you you had your septum ring then right
0: no, I didn't actually, but better. I did have my, my side nose ring.
1: But like, Becca has all these like, cool piercings, and like, you didn't have as many tattoos as you do now, but like, no, some probably. It was you definitely bu- had I was your building. finger tattoo. You yeah, definitely I did. have the tattoo. Becca has a tattoo yeah. on her finger that says For tattoo. For all our
0: visual, yeah. Yeah. It looks so gnarly under that. Anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're very, you're very turn on the light with your nails right now. Um, <laughs> And yeah, Becca also had like black hair, like jet black hair when I first met her. Oh,
0: I forgot that. Yeah. Crazy when people like fully meet me with the black hair because I am yeah naturally blonde.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: so shocking to most people.
1: And whenever I see blonde Becca, I'm like, I don't know that girl.
0: Yeah, she's she's a different girl. She's not my friend. (laughs) I
1: maybe she would be, but I just haven't. I just don't know
0: her like that yet. You've never known me blonde, which is crazy. No. I don't know the power that, you that holds. Oh, it's that is my most like fully formed me mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. So one day you will, but yeah. Um
1: and so yeah, Becca and I were just like besties by the end, or not the end, but we have like an interest in each other, I would say. But yeah, and Becca, I, I remember, I remember like it was like it's such an interesting thing in college in particular when you have like a class friend. Yeah. Like, the phenomenon of a class friend is so interesting. Like, somebody who you, like, talk to in class, who you, like, enjoy, you see them, and you're like, oh, hey, but, like, you don't ever, like, interact outside of classes for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I remember Becca was, like, one of the first people who I was like, okay, I need to find a way to get this person to not just be, like, my class friend, but be my, like, actual friend.
0: Real friend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, my actual friend who, like, has interest in me outside of this class that we're in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like one time we like went to get food after class and I was like, yes, like, yes, done it. you are transitioning. Um, you definitely
0: told you said, could I pull you for a chat? <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> Yeah, because I was yeah. going through my Love Island era. Yeah, we were both in that. Love Island.
1: You yeah. were watching
0: Love Island. I was watching Love Island, Australia. That was definitely a bonding mm-hmm. moment. That yeah. wow, to think about how Love Island brought us together.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my I was watching, I was watching a lot of Love Island then
0: oh my god love island working overtime bringing families
1: together um literally and yeah and so yeah but then so funny thing about that semester we took <laughs> directing yeah the world ended it. um the apocalypse Guessed happened <laughs> um, and by that i mean covid19 the pandemic really yeah. took hold um and so we didn't get to finish the semester in person but becca and i definitely like kept in touch I would say
0: yeah over the summer we like you know kept in touch a little bit then like by the time we were back but it was hard because
1: if you guys don't remember like it was like the thought of seeing people was terrifying
0: it was horrifying yeah there was no like yeah we COVID was like the scariest thing ever there was no talk of vaccines so like even when we were back in the fall and we had like zoom classes We saw each other a few times. Yeah. Like Like outside. Outside with masks on, like Mm. fully. So sometimes I wonder, like, how were we friends?
1: Yeah. (laughs) We like we kind of how did we
0: maintain that? Like we barely saw each other.
1: Yeah. Like we were again, we were like I remember specifically that year, we were definitely in a class together the spring semester.
0: Was it the history class Mm -hmm. though? Where I had my camera off. Yeah, I had my camera off the entire time, I would say. But we would like talk about it and stuff. That is true. That's we definitely definitely kept
1: like a line of communication open.
0: Yeah. But the yeah, so the spring was sort of mirrored the fall in that like it was still Zoom. Mm -hmm. We were like hanging out every once in a while. I think honestly, the vaccine is really what brought us together. Mm -hmm. Because we were able to hang out openly
1: yeah I think also a big thing that like kind of brought us together is or I don't know because we were we were definitely good friends before this but do we like because obviously there was
0: (laughs) we're like this is the story of us we don't really know why we're (laughs) friends we don't really know (laughs) we don't get it I don't know we just like kept
1: like I don't know maybe it's just because we don't want to think on those times but we definitely kept like the channel open and we obviously oh i remember the thing we, we we need to talk about a big part of our friendship was your 21st birthday party
0: this is true yeah okay that ha- did that happen Wait, last so summer f- yeah and also before the 21st was you me and you went to drive and drag oh <gasps> this was a bonding moment because it was probably the it was probably the first time we like went somewhere yeah like the two of us yeah yeah so that was yeah 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 that was a big moment that was a really fun night yeah it really was we saw someone who worked for pit theater there they will not be revealed you
1: someone who you and i would both go on to like develop like a pretty good relationship with who like
0: yeah after so, this, which is crazy.
1: So basically, somebody in like the staff of our theater department was there, and we like talked to somebody who was in their party like for a second, and they like did not acknowledge that we were there.
0: No, no, no. But like it we knew who they
1: were. But it was like weird.
0: It, it was yeah. very weird.
1: It was very it, weird.
0: You had to be there. It was it was, it's like a
1: weird thing we can't get into right now. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a really fun thing. So drive yeah. and drag was like during 2020 when you couldn't do like shows inside theaters. Or mm-hmm. it was 2021 by this point.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: Um, when you couldn't really do shows inside theaters, they did like outdoor like drive-ins where you would like drive up. Oh my God. And I remember we were like, oh, do we like get on top of like my car? <laughs> you, I immediately
0: like... <laughs> dented it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and was, nice. And there was like
1: for like for like a long time because I never like go to a car wash. Like there was just like you were wearing like those boots you have. <laughs>
0: She was wearing like
1: dolls kill, like alien boots that have like (laughs) the little tread on them. And there was like her footprint on my car. And I was like, this is so funny.
0: Oh no. (laughs) I didn't know it was there for that long. Gotta Mm -hmm. leave my mark as I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so drive and drag was great. Mm -hmm. And then we had my 21st, which was held at my apartment, my humble abode. Mm -hmm. And it was camp themed. And Quinn, yeah. of course, turned to look, as I do. Mm-hmm. And something that also bonded us here was, again, a Love Island moment, which yeah, me and my other single roommate played the Love Island kissing game on my birthday. Mm. So we did have all of our um our guests. <laughs> We invited them to our home, and then we said, you're going to make out with us. We're going to be blindfolded, and we're going to yeah. rank you in front of your face mm. how you did. And most people did it. I would say everyone who was single did it. Mm. And so me and Macy kissed, like, probably, like, 15 or 20 people that night, at least. Yeah. Um, during-, <laughs> during COVID, <laughs> too. Like- but... <laughs> It, like june
1: of 2021 though like not yeah like,
0: yeah no. like everyone was really hyped up on the fact that like it, we were going crazy out. We were going yeah crazy. yeah yeah we were i was all like newly faxed and
1: we were going crazy yeah
0: yeah so forgive me and forgive me for the multiple times i've played since then but <laughs> the multiple <laughs> really... people
1: back and i've made kiss us
0: <laughs> yeah seriously but me and Kent, me and ken sorry <laughs> not me and my <laughs> kid like it's like you're not
1: even <laughs> trying
0: not me and my kin. Me and Quinn kissed.
1: Becca, Becca and kin.
0: <laughs> becky and kin, quist Um, so we did. We did make out. I ranked Quinn considerably high. Yeah.
1: I forget if you gave me. It was either an eight, an eight point five, or a nine, or a nine point
0: five. No, I, feel I think like, it was an
1: eight point five. Are you sure? I think like if it were a nine point five, I would like know that.
0: Are you sure it wasn't a nine? Because I feel like the Sagittarius... Because me and Macy were also trying to kiss all the zodiac signs that <gasps> summer. Yeah, that
1: was a part of it, yeah.
0: And I feel like Sagittarius ended up with a nine. Maybe. Because there, were- there was no female Sagittarius.
1: Maybe you gave me nine and Macy gave me eight and a half. Could be. I remember I ranked considerably higher than I thought I would. I had a little anxiety going into it.
0: Oh my goodness. No, you did great.
1: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Not so the last then- time
1: Beck and I made out either. <laughs>
0: Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Trust. If there's one thing me and- <laughs> I keep wanting to you say mean, kin. Yeah. <laughs> me and my kin, kin. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> me and my kin are gonna kiss. Okay. <laughs> but no, seriously, guys, incest is illegal, especially <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so you better stop.
1: In a special way in the state of Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> yeah. In Delaware. I don't know how y'all do in Delaware, but anyway. Um so we kissed at my birthday party. Mm-hmm. That was also just a really fun night. We talked, and and that was when I sort of planted the seed about the drag seed. What kind of seed? <laughs> <laughs> a drag seed, mm. um, which was the play I was directing in the fall of twenty twenty one at mm-hmm. school. And I did imagine Quint be in the cast. Wasn't positive on the role as of yet. But I was planting the seed that, you know, I really wanted them to be in the show. And they were like, I don't know. What did you think of that at the time?
1: I thought it sounded really fun. And like, I didn't, I hadn't done like a ton of research into the shows and stuff, but I was like, I was always assuming that I was just going to be in your show because it was directed by you and it was about drag queens. And I had had like prior experience doing drag, especially for. Like theater and stuff, I've been in Hairspray the musical, starring as Edna Turnblad, Sleep. three times um, <laughs> prior to doing the drag seat, and so it was just something I assumed I was going to be in.
0: Yeah, you're warmed up. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was warmed then, up. <laughs> I think then also is, or at least a little bit after the birthday party, is when you brought up Kesha. <gasps>
1: yeah. Which this yeah. is
0: the moment. This is. When our spirits aligned. And yeah, I, have I, think no I think something happened. I think something happened
1: here. Well, Kesha was after auditions, though, for Drag City. Really? Scene. Well, I guess we can tell that as a context, but yeah, it was. I definitely think so.
0: Er- okay, so you knew. Oh, wait, that is true because you knew you were going to be Connie. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we can, you know, talk about this fast, but mm-hmm. Quinn's famously- honestly one of the
1: funnest nights I've had in my life.
0: The callbacks, really? Yeah, the callbacks were so fun. Oh, my God. I had Quinn um on stage for mm, two hours, the entire callback Oh, session.
1: yeah. Oh, like, just, yeah.
0: I was like, yeah. let's just try Quinn with everyone. Every single person. <laughs> yeah, I had to. So Quinn played the titular Connie Lingus in the drag seat. <laughs> <scene. laughs> Say that real slow. Titular Connie. Con- Connie Lingus. <laughs> Connie Lingus. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and who is the mother of spoiler alert? Um a killer. The actual titular role. <laughs> A killer child who is mm-hmm. um a drag queen.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but so you had auditioned, you got the role, big surprise, whoop whoop, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. whatever. Um and then we take a bus down or we take an Uber. I was already drunk. Oh, yeah,
1: so oh, well, I want to to get into this a little bit because yeah. I texted Becca because obviously my first concert ever was actually Kesha at the Delaware State Fair. Um, mm. And it was when Kesha was like huge. Not that she's not huge now, but like when she was like, you know, like Kesha, Kesha. Yeah. Um, at the height of her popularity. And so obviously I like wanted to revisit it as an adult, as somebody who loves Kesha's music, Justice for High Road. Um, Come on. And so <laughs> say that. <laughs> um, and so we, um, I texted Becca when I heard, and cause I was like, would you want to go to Kesha with me? And she was like, of course I would. And so we bought tickets. Um, and then it was like, the concert was until a couple months later. And I remember, so doors were at like six or something. And yeah. we wanted to get there pretty early. And I had a class that went until 5.15. And so literally, I was like, we were meeting at like 530 to get an Uber to where, to the venue. I remember I, we read my, it was my playwriting class. We read my first play and like, like immediately I sign off the Zoom call. I'm immediately railing shots of tequila. Not to make myself sound like an alcoholic, but like, so I can like, make sure I'm in the proper headspace for this concert.
0: Because it was also hot so yes it was like yeah it was like September yeah so I don't even remember I think I just had like white claws Mm -hmm. and then I looked insane on the way when I walked from my apartment to your apartment people sitting outside at restaurants at Mad Max did take photos of me I'm just gonna say that
1: as we as we talked about (laughs) in the last episode Becca and I take some fashion risks and so like. Yeah.
0: I was yeah. wearing like basically a Care Bear outfit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. and I was I looked, dressed
1: as a gay cowboy.
0: Yeah. And we both looked so cute. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So at Kesha, all can I, all can I really say <laughs> is, can I that, really say? all can I really say is, it was the most spiritual experience of my life. The yeah. moon was out. It was like, uh-huh. oh my God. We were in a, bad spot like i, didn't if I it was, was that her... bad well like I... we got
1: pushed back between betty who because betty who was her opener and then True. when Kesha came on people like rushed and yeah. becca and i weren't like it wasn't the concert where we were being like oh we're gonna hold our own like no i don't really care like i'm just yeah. here to enjoy the vibes exactly. also so it was really i perfect. it was like a ga concert mm-hmm. and somewhere i'm super privileged in my life is my height i am like six three six four And so, like, I never have a problem seeing people at like a GA thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not something like I'm just like giraffe vibes, like looking over (laughs) the entire crowd and I can see whatever. Um, But yeah. Um, And I was
0: wearing my stompers. So I was, uh and so you were like, I was set. No, yeah, it was, it was like perfect for the moment. But like, if Mm. you were trying to get a good spot, you would not want to be where we were. Yeah. But it was perfect because, again, the moon was out. Like, I can't Uh, even describe how much.
1: It also felt like we were there for, like, such a long time thinking about it now.
0: Yeah, that was forever. We saw the entirety of Betty Who's set. Yeah.
1: And it was, like, a lot. Like, she did, like, a full hour before Kesha, too.
0: Yeah, she did, which, honestly, good for her. I
1: also have to say, I think you were in the bathroom, but Betty Who did point to me in the crowd.
0: Oh, my God, I missed it.
1: I have a, I have a thing of when I go to concerts I try to get the um, artists to like acknowledge me. Yeah. <laughs> and so far I have tricked two people into doing it. One of them was True. Betty Who. The other one was Lizzo. So I'll
0: I'll say oh my that. Gosh. Um, <laughs> I did get Phoebe Bridgers and Muna, so I feel good about that. Yeah. You know.
1: Um. And so yeah, there are a lot of fun videos. Becca
0: and I were hammered. Slush. We were drinking those big white claws which are like they're like forty dollars (laughs) a pan
1: (laughs) oh we didn't remember when we were like remember when you were like in the morning you were like they never went through
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i truly believe that i was like yo they're not pending in my pnc they can't be real Mm -hmm. but no we definitely got charged i got a venmo request being like
1: (laughs) it came through
0: it came through unfortunately um but yeah it was when she came out and sang "Praying," me and uh, Quinn had a a moment where we looked uh, at each other and just hugged.
1: Literally.
0: <laughs> Unpro- yeah. we just hugged in the yeah, middle we just of concert. Knew that, that was the moment. It was uh, honestly so incredible. So yeah, our souls definitely aligned then.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and we've been energetically mm-hmm. compatible ever since. And like, then we yeah. had
1: such like it was just such a fun night because afterwards we go across the street to a bar, very famous bar in Pittsburgh. That's very bad with fake IDs, but this is how hammered I am. So I was not of age at this time. Can I even tell this story? Like, am I going to get in trouble for this? Yeah, just I don't go really. for it. It's, yeah. it's whatever. So <laughs> um, I was like, so like, we were so drunk. that um, I was like, there's this, there's this at the venue we were at. There's a really like huge, like bar in Pittsburgh that people love to go to. Um, that's right across from it. And so we were like in line and I knew they were super strict about fakes, but I'm just like at this point, I'm like, I had a fake ID and I was like, I don't, I'm like, what are they going to do? I'm going to get in. (laughs) I I was really dressed as a cowboy. I'm like, they can't not let me in. Yeah. I'm not even Um, joking. Becca goes in before me is like fine because she actually has like a real ID.
0: Yeah.
1: I give the bouncer my ID. Doesn't even take a beat. He knows it's fake. (laughs)
0: slips it right in his pocket
1: slips it right in his pocket (laughs) and it's like you gotta go and I'm like and there's also this really weird moment where they're like I didn't I don't know why I didn't think to like turn around like to leave
0: because I was like there are people I don't
1: want to like I don't want to I don't want to hold up the line. And so I went like past the bouncers and made it look like I was like trespassing. Oh my <laughs> and God. they like ran to like block me. And I was like, okay. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't making a break for like the bar. Like I was just, yeah. I was just turning myself around. So like I didn't have to go. And there was like, like the bouncer who didn't reject me was super judgmental about it. I remember him like shaking his head at me. And I'm like, dude. I was like, dude, what's going <laughs> on? I was like, Ow. what even is like anyway so yeah. anyway victimless crime <laughs> fake IDs um Seriously. and so uh then we literally I but it was nice because I literally wasn't even mad because
0: we couldn't be
1: I had another one I'm gonna be <laughs> another one to be honest mm-hmm. and I was like let's get we literally got an uber back to like near where our campus is and we were like so where are we going now? And then we went to a mixer for Becca's sorority. Oh my God, I
0: literally forgot um, when I was social chair. At the oh my time. God, Becca,
1: social chair to dropping her sorority within the <laughs> course of a semester pipeline. The
0: pipeline, in the course of like two weeks. <laughs> Crazy.
1: An ambitious, an ambitious thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was a I'm fun so night. Brave. And then we had the drag seed. Yes. Which was Becca's show she directed. And we got very close through that process because, you know, obviously director, ingenue, those are really um, important <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I was Becca's muse.
0: You could say um, that. I you was Becca's muse
1: that. when she cast the drag scene.
0: <laughs> um, Things like that. like.
1: <laughs> I'm just in my room and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, the drag scene was really great. Um, and there were some moments that were tough, that I would say even just made our bond stronger.
1: Yes. Becca Um, and I were just very... I don't think we were, (coughs) like, rehash in, like, a public way some of the things that went on. At least not at this juncture. Nah. But it was just, like... I think Becca and I just had, like, a mutual, like, feeling sorry for each other during the entire process.
0: Yeah. Because we were both,
1: like, so much being tested.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. The whole time. And we had like the exact everyday new thing. Yeah. Like we had the same frustrations about the general stuff Mm -hmm. and like the annoyances were just like, we had to just look at each other and be like, babe, you got this. I'm so sorry. These are the circumstances. But it was nice because we were in it together. It was like truly Mm -hmm. don't know what I would have done without you. So
1: we were both very grounding. I remember there was this one thing where we were like. I, like, pulled you for a chat. Like, there was, like, this one, like, thing that happened mm. at rehearsal, and I was, like, okay, well, we need to, like, talk about it. And we, like, yeah. went in the hallway, talked about it, and we were, like, <laughs> at the end, you were, like, can I have a hug? I was, like, <laughs> yes, that's <definitely laughs> you can. Um, yeah. And it was just, like, yeah. So that, that definitely brought us closer together. But it was, like, that show, there were times where I was, like, truly felt like I was on an island because something else about this show and something else that I like theater people are, like, trained to do because we like love attention and that's why like part of the reason we do theater and stuff yeah. like that is like you want to be like the biggest role in the show mm-hmm. and then when you get it it's so tough it's so, so much- tough I was literally the show was 2 hours and 15 minutes without the intermission I was on stage 2 hours and 10 minutes of that yeah Like I fully had so much to do in the show and not like not Becca's fault at all. Just the way the play was written. Yeah. And it was truly so hard.
0: And I also had you. And I would like to say this, that, you know, I only put you through this because I knew you could do it. Mm -hmm. But you were basically standing and or dancing and or gyrating the entire time.
1: And I'm in, I'm in a full face of makeup, a face mask, because we had to wear those, a wig, yeah. um, mm-hmm. a full face of drag makeup, I'll say. Like my yeah, eyebrows yes. are glued down. <laughs> um, um, I have a bra on with padding in it. I have a waist trainer on. I'm wearing a petticoat that I'm then hooked into because it can't stay up. I'm mm-hmm. in a dress. I'm in two pairs of tights. And I'm in like a one and a half inch like kitten heel.
0: <laughs> Under one the of which
1: didn't one of which didn't hit, fit my foot.
0: I'm still the shoe situation was like a whole it,
1: like this. This show taught me that I have two different size feet.
0: Apparently, drastically.
1: Yeah, because Apparently. one of the one of the shoes fit like a glove on my foot. The other one wouldn't stay on. Oh my god! there's this Line one off. rehearsal where I had this thing where I had like this thing I would like, I forget what even point it was at during the show. Oh, I had like a little fit at one point during the show. And yeah. as like part of the com- like physical comedy one night, I like kicked my leg, but it was my leg with my loose shoe. And it literally, my shoe flies off and like hits the set. I remembered.
0: <laughs> I was like, um, the shoe, the <laughs> shoe.
1: And by that point, we had said, like, multiple times, like, okay, the shoes don't fit. (laughs) And nothing had been done
0: about it. I know, literally. And so so... at that point, they
1: were like, and they're like, okay, this is dangerous now.
0: (laughs) This has now become dangerous? Oh, yeah. Also, what was a little dangerous about that show was that the set was basically falling apart.
1: Yeah. The technical director of our theater department was um, left his position during that show, whether that was his choice another person's choice that's still a mystery to a lot of people but
0: um all we know is that this show was apparently the last straw for (laughs) whoever's decision that was (laughs) and i i get that because it was almost my last straw as well yeah but we made it through we were stronger Mm -hmm. because of it yeah and something that even further spiritually aligned us (laughs) and actually saved us From you guessed it, coronavirus was
1: our friendship is powerful.
0: Our friendship and our bond, Mm -hmm. because we have physical proof, being the two sole survivors of a cast party for the show Mamma Mia, (laughs) that we were not in, but we did co-costume design, Mm -hmm. which is very and I
1: produced it. I would like to say on the oh yes, yes, Quinter I was a producer on the project.
0: And um, I was not, I was just the co-costume designer, but we did go to the cast party. And I cannot lie to you when everyone got COVID except us. And it's because we sat in a corner all night talking to each other. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And say it, say it. Except for the point in the night where I took...
1: Literally something out of the hands of somebody who would test positive for coronavirus like a day later.
0: Yup. People was, oh, people are, yeah. Are you going to, I mean, (laughs) how much do you want to say?
1: What are you going to say? I mean, okay. Well, (laughs) the thing I took was a bong and I, 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 I hit said bong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would also <laughs> I would
0: like yeah. to say I would like to speak on this as a as a person who's I know I
1: love I love nothing brings me more joy than hearing Becca <laughs> describe this
0: I also first want to set the scene a little bit from my end and that was yeah. I was sharing a blunt with three people who later tested positive <laughs> and, I know this part <laughs> yeah and they were all coughing a lot and I assumed because the the blunt and so i actually looked them in the eyes and this is my intuition at work because i said y'all got cornova and we all laughed <laughs> a day later <laughs> they all had cornova so That's but so tough That's so, so quinn's tough. on quinn's on my on my right which is my best side thank you <laughs> and um has just taken the bong out of a- another positive person and does probably the fattest rip I've ever seen any human being do. Like literally needs CPR after it because you were <laughs> coughing so much. Like you are not okay. I thought you were choking on your actual like throat itself. You look at me, t- crying tears down your eyes, face is red. You go, did I do a lot, girl? <laughs> Girl, why did you ask me that? You know you did. You know you did. You know you did too much. Oh my god. I was like, I don't know if I can explain to you the situation, because uh, yeah. Ooh.
1: Oh. As I'm coughing up a lung, because like you, you think you might have done a good amount.
0: <laughs> you. Yeah. You think that this was healthy?
1: You think this is good for you? um Yeah. Yeah, and so after that, I was in my own world
0: for the night. We were, um, we were absolutely. We in our were, world. yeah, we were. We just sat on we the couch together, projecting.
1: like we were, like we yeah. were the the videos and the pictures from that night will like.
0: <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Also, yeah. I'd like to like most of the time. The photos that were like taken around us, like we're just sitting in the exact same positions, like (laughs) yes, with our arms crossed. No, literally, and one at one point also, we both like were obviously super high in our minds and like drifted away from each other. We were looking, and then we come. It's been probably been like it feels like fifteen minutes, but probably was like a minute and a half, and we just look at each other at the exact same time and start. Absolutely dying laughing because we know that we were just so distracted. We're like
1: we both have the same thought at the same time. It's like, oh, I haven't talked to anybody in a minute. And if I yeah, don't like- start like, <laughs> if I don't realize that there's other people here. outside of my ex like Own externally, being. I'm gonna yeah. go crazy. In I'm this gonna moment. freak
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's literally a miracle. Like, I don't understand how you didn't green out. So
1: something my superpower, maybe, is that um Something about me is when I feel I definitely felt like I like I could have greened out that night, but then I like sense the feeling, and I take a deep breath, and then I'm good. <laughs> I have to take a step back from the situation, and then I'm fine.
0: I literally can't even like my. I don't understand. Like as someone who has greened out horribly, same I, same. I can't imagine breathing through it
1: I just like I had the whole experience also of my body going completely cold it's like one of two times where I've like felt my body go completely cold
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: and I was just like it's okay Quinn like you're it's fine wow it was also nice because I didn't have anything to like green out on what do you mean like because to me greening out means you like throw up
0: Oh, so there was just nothing in your body that it would I I don't think I had something. anything in
1: my body. Like, usually I would be like snacking. But because we were at like a house party, like I didn't have anything to like yeah. much on.
0: When I, I also now-
1: want to say for all posterity. Yeah. Yeah. I we stopped. So between the show because we went to the show that night. Yeah. Um, And then we went we stopped at our friend Nan's house producer of our theme song, song. our theme music. So the music you hear on this podcast is all the work of us, of course, and Nan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so we love Nan. Shout out to her. She's like the probably gonna be the only other person we follow for a while on the pod Instagram. (laughs) Fair Um, enough. Um and so I we stopped at Nan's house. There's like a group of 15 of us there. And I'm like Mm -hmm. guys what if we just didn't go?
0: You, not only did you say that, you were making a case as to why walking up the hill was, like, not worth it. Yeah. And, well, you were right.
1: <laughs> the power of friendship did keep Becca and I protected that night.
0: Yeah. And also because, a yeah.
1: lot of marijuana.
0: hmm Because, yeah, our cells were just absolutely coated in weed because there's no... There's really no reason why we should have tested negative, but we did. Mm-hmm. We didn't We didn't have COVID. And I know that because that I got point. it two months later. Yeah. And I
1: still have not tested positive for coronavirus ever.
0: So proud of you, Quinn. Crazy. Love that. Um,
1: but yeah, so that's the story of Becca and I. And we're excited to chronicle the future with this podcast.
0: OMG. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
1: we're going to take a cheeky little break and get into jump scare of the week and our man of pixie moments of the week see you on the flip side guys i'm scared okay so we're back welcome back you miss us first of all um anyway so becca uh, or I guess I should explain. <laughs> we're still new at this. Um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: you guys are still getting the pace of the show. Um yeah, yeah. so it's now time for the jump scare of the week. So it's something this week that Becca and I experienced that mm, we're scared. Yeah. And we're gonna be scared for a long time because of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so Becca, what is your jump scare of the week?
0: So unfortunately, Quinn, I've talked to you about this before, but mm-hmm. um This week, I did get fully drunk off of two Truly Lemonades. Fully drunk, like off two of them. Mm -hmm. So that does concrete my fear that I am absolutely alcohol intolerant. And I've (laughs) actually toyed with the thought of like going sober. Oh. From alcohol, because it honestly is just so annoying (laughs) to deal with.
1: Wait, so you're like sloshed off of these two trulys?
0: Yeah, and like there's no, re- like I had a full dinner, a full meal. I was, That's crazy. everything else was normal. Yeah, so it's scaring me. Did you like get I sick talk. afterwards? I almost did in the morning. I almost puked.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, so. I have another
1: friend who's like very alcohol intolerant.
0: It's, yeah, I just think my body is like too sick of it. So, yeah. It's it scared weird. scared me. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: I I fear that I have like a stomach of steel.
0: Well, I believe you do because you've you've trained yourself to have one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like so something about me, I hate throwing up.
0: Yeah. Everyone Um, I I know who has a fear of throwing up, like doesn't.
1: I haven't thrown up in almost three years. That's crazy. I'm coming up on my in July 4th, 2022 will be three years without throwing up.
0: July fourth years it. ago. <laughs> if I make it. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Um, so
0: yeah. Interesting. Um
1: interesting. But yeah, I hate throwing up and so I don't do it. And sometimes I think that's very unhealthy. There are probably times in my life where I should have thrown up since probably. then that yeah. I don't. And um, yeah. Wow. Don't do as I do, guys. But you know, I also I think I realized it was Chelsea Peretti. Uh it was um have I told you about this? Um, apparently, she has a bit where she talks about you either come from a poop family or a throw-up family.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I very much come from a poop family.
0: So int- I definitely come from a throw-up family.
1: And so that's also the wide range of perspectives that Becca and I are bringing from
0: <laughs> yeah. this podcast.
1: And so write in this week and say whether you are from a poop family
0: or a throw-up <laughs> throw family. family. Let I us know. I think it's a.
1: I think it's a really smart thing. No, you hear it, it makes a ton of sense.
0: No, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what scared you this week, Quinn? So
1: I talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I read a book called Love, Hate, and Clickbait this week because I'm in my bookworm era. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought it was, like, we talked about Heartstopper in the A block of the show. I thought it was going to be, like, Heartstopper a little bit. Like, there were parts of it that were very Heartstopper. It was just, like, sweet, like, intimacy between, like, two men and, like, you know, it was just, like, you know, nice stuff. And, like, it gave it gave me, like, the fuzzies reading it a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then, and this is going to be big spoilers for the book, so if you don't want those, skip ahead a little bit. Um I can put like a timestamp or something in it um, because, like, I feel like books. Even though we had the spoiler discussion at the top, I feel like books are like different than TV. Like spoiling For a book spoilers. Is like, yeah. Yeah, it is. Also, this is a very new book. It came out this year. So, anyway, I I don't I feel like worse about about spoiling this than some other stuff. But anyway. So I I'm reading this book, and then out of nowhere, comes. The most explicit, like, sex scenes I've ever read. Whoa. And so, live on the pod, we're going to earn an explicit rating today, and I'm going <gasps> to read something that really, like... Shocked you? I had to pause. I had to pause.
0: Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So, the characters...
1: So, basically... um the plot is there are these two characters who are working on a political campaign and the person they're working for makes a homophobic gaffe, like the candidate. And so they have to pretend like they're dating because they were caught in like a picture that made it look like they were kissing. And they're like, oh, having a gay couple will be good for optics. It's a very funny political satire thing. I'm not doing it justice right now, but. um, And so they start like this fake relationship and it becomes a little bit more real. And so this is like the first time they like explore each other's bodies, we'll say. So they're like, you know, exploring this whole thing. And so, um okay, I'll start here. Before long, Clay was swatting Tom's hands away so he could lever himself down Tom's body. He pulled at the button of his pants and yanked down his zipper, then glanced up at Tom, who was red and gulping for breath. "Is this okay?" Clay asked raggedly. "Yes, yeah." Yes, Tom said, nodding furiously. Yes. (laughs) Tom's cock was just as mouth-watering as the rest of him, thick and hot and perfect. Clay gave it a few gentle getting-to-know-you strokes, thrilled at Tom's hiss of surprise and pleasure. He breathed hotly over the head and licked out to taste him. Tom groaned, and all at once, Clay was done going slow. He swallowed Tom down as far as he could take him. Pressed his palm to Tom's hips and went for it. Nice. I t- <laughs> can I tell you specifically what threw me was going straight for the word cock. It <laughs> was something so terrifying about.
0: That. As someone who has read a- an obscene amount of fan fiction. I I could see how that would, would throw you in what you think is going to be a normal novel. Yeah. But I've read far worse at the age of 13. And Becca,
1: what do I find out about this author and the acknowledgements, except for that she started by writing fan fiction. So she came up through <laughs> those circles.
0: That's how you got to do and it. Of
1: course, it's a straight woman with a child. In her acknowledgement, she's like, I forget what her child, oh, Ollie. She's like, Ollie, I hope to God you never read this book. <laughs>
0: I hope to God. <laughs> oh my fully god. Fully a
1: straight woman with a husband and a child writing the most erotic gay sex scene.
0: Wow. I've I hope she read. I really hope she wrote Larry Fanfic. That would like only feel right.
1: It's it's yeah. it's well, it's well within the the realm of possibility. Could be true. Yeah. So yeah, that like And it was the word cock specifically. So that like I had to stop. I had to I had to take a I had to take a lap.
0: (laughs) A breather. Yeah. I had to take a
1: breather. And so yeah, that's my jump scare of the week.
0: That's very crazy.
1: So Becca. (sighs) Now we come to the manic pixie moment. The manic pixie moment is when you just felt like the main character. Yeah. The manic pixie dream girl, if you will. Becca, what was that moment for you this week?
0: So I'm happy to announce that I am the proud owner. Of, and I've been searching for one for so long a large squishmallow. (gasps) Oh my God, a little manta ray. Yeah, she's a stingray. Yes. I I named her Sweetener. Yes, um, of course. After my favorite album of all time. I do have a mini one, but I've been really wanting a big one. And so Mm -hmm. I will tell you that the manic pixie of this all is that when I found it in Target, I audibly gasped. I started giggling. I I was going <laughs> and I giggled all the way to self-checkout and was giggling throughout my entire purchasing of the item. And like fully was like, "Oh, I just creepily giggled <laughs> for like a good solid 3 minutes." Mm. But I definitely was living like main character moment with that in my in my giggling cuz I was it was just pure happiness radiating from me. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing.
0: Thank you so much. Quinn, I must ask you. What was your manic pixie moment of the week?
1: My manic pixie moment of the <laughs> week would probably have to have been me struggling to find something to say <laughs> I have since being home which we're still home from last episode
0: mm-hmm.
1: I have become like a little bit of a wine mom Ooh. like something about me a really good way to end the night I'm i become my mother I've become my mother in another way than <laughs> I was already my mother <laughs> um because I like pouring a little glass of red wine and like watching a program Mm. Pro- there's nothing Not the
0: program. <laughs> a program there's nothing better
1: there's nothing better than it you can't beat it you can't possibly like it's just such a nice little like it's the mic cap like, like the other night I was watching I had like a glass of red wine I watched Disclosure which is a documentary about like trans representation in media mm-hmm. and then I watched a documentary on um, like the rise and like times of Harvey Milk um, which was both of which were like pretty intense documentaries. And I'm just like sitting there on my couch with like a glass of wine.
0: Like, yeah. Quinn, I have to say I'm so jealous. Uh As someone who recently, uh, a couple minutes ago, said they were alcohol intolerant, I am finding this to be a little bit of slap in the face. We're going in.
1: (laughs) I know, I didn't realize that because I literally, (laughs) I came up, if you couldn't tell listeners, I came up with the manic pixie moment. Pretty like- Off the cuff. Pretty off the cuff. Off Off the dome.
0: It's okay. I am really happy for you. And I'm glad that at least if it's not me, it has to be you. So yeah. I'm glad you're living thing.
1: that. I'm a, I'm a red wine girly that my mother raised me to be. Um, and it's a beautiful <laughs> it's thing true. in my life. It, it truly makes me also feel like an adult. If there's one area in my life yes. in which I truly feel like I'm an adult, it's the fact that I enjoy a glass of red wine.
0: Yeah, the consuming of wine.
1: The first time I ordered, like, a glass of red wine at a restaurant, I was like. I will do it. And it was a restaurant where, like, I could have ordered, like, a cocktail, like, something, like, fun and fruity. And I was like, you
0: know you what?
1: Didn't. You know what? For me tonight, it's a glass of red.
0: Give me the red. Yeah. Give me the
1: red. Give me the Cabernet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, and so, yeah. Becca, we've done it again.
0: Again? again. Oh, my God. That was again. weird.
1: Again, we have done it um <laughs> whether you like it or not um
0: <laughs> yeah we will do this against your will
1: yeah it, it's not a choice for you guys I mean it's a choice whether you listen or not
0: but is it but is it? Really... is it um so Becca
1: where can people find you if they are so inclined
0: I'm at Becca Hobart on Instagram at where y'all going during World War Three on TikTok and at Bex Gloss on Twitter Quinn where can the listeners find you
1: I am at Quinn P Murphy on both Instagram and TikTok and at quinnyp 123 on Twitter. And I'm also hopefully haunting your dreams.
0: Yay. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> and of course, as always, we are Manic Pixie, um, Jump Scare on TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. and soon Twitter. And also, please, please, please email in Pixie jumpscare at nice. gmail.com guys, this the is of where emails the amount of emails they're piling up we the have volume. politicians and we have a lot of a uh, big hey big things soon big, big things guys. <laughs> guys, <laughs>
1: guys we so we can't talk about it yet but we just have like like there's so much we're working on like behind the scenes big
0: things big things no like we literally can't say but like just like just like think yeah like, and just know
1: think like, the biggest thing and then go bigger
0: yeah yeah and that's the jump scare of it all yeah and so we are here to say we're, we're quinn
1: <laughs> oh no we messed it up okay okay ready
0: we're, we're quinn, quinn. <laughs> and,
1: and we're, we're back.
0: And, and thank you so for listening. For listening. <laughs> Love you. Bye.
1: Bye. Manic Pixie Jumpscare is hosted by Quinn Murphy and Becca
0: Hobart. Executive produced by Quinn Murphy and Becca Hobart.
1: Sound and video editing by Quinn Murphy. Social media
0: management and highlights by Becca Hobart.
1: And our theme song was written by Quinn Murphy, Becca Hobart, and Nandita Mahesh.